Thank you, guys. Yeah, um, I'm so blessed, and I'm reminded every time I hear a story about how God transformed our family, really, and did some amazing things. I don't, I can't tell you how blessed I feel from that, and just seeing how, you know, um, when God changes a life, and then that life affects another life, and affects another life, you just see how amazing God is, and the way He works. Because all of us kids, too, it's not like one of those things where we grew up in a Christian family, we're all okie-dandy, and, you know, we go out in the mission field. It wasn't as simple as that. God had, He was working in each one of us individually. And I walked away from the Lord. I was, you know, kind of astray. And while I was doing that, you know, people were praying for me, like the Murphys, who knew us from when I was little. And I saw the church come together in such a, a powerful way to really affect each and every one of us. And so I'm, I'm always asking people to pray for my kids. You know, I pray for them every night, but I want pe- people to pray for them. I want to pray for your kids. I want to pray for all the, the, the people who are um, involved in this process of what God's doing around the world. And uh, that's Calvary, non-Calvary, whatever. You know, you meet so many people and you realize the world is so big and we need, we need uh, more and more people uh, to just be given over to the Lord, and let him do some amazing things, and see some miraculous things that he can do, and um, yeah, Deborah and I, we've been blessed, like I said, um, it's, you know, sometimes when you, when you go somewhere, I think of it this way, it's like you get, you can go to, to, a, to an NBA game, or something like that, if you sit in the front row, you get more, you pay more, right, uh, and that's kind of the way it is, but you get the best view of the game, and it's kind of the same thing with missions work. It's like, we're, the, we're blessed. You know, there are some, some costs to that. But at the same time, we get to be right there in the front of what God's doing in that area. And you get to be, you know, in the front row here of what God's doing in Madison. But it's, it's been a blessing. Sometimes I feel like I've lived like six lives, being able to be in different countries <laughs> and experience the things I've, I've experienced. And I wish I could just give it all to you guys so that you guys could experience it too because you've been involved in that process through prayer, through financial support, through all those things that, that God's doing around the world. And that's amazing, right? Like we can, we can literally reach the world from one place as God uses us as a body and sends us to different places. And God prepared us kids to do what we're doing now. Uh, he sent my dad to Kiev, Ukraine when we were younger. Some people thought he was crazy. Um, and he, you know, he was. But, uh, you know, Jesus was crazy for coming to earth. And uh, the greatest mission story that there is and ever will be is somebody who would come from heaven to earth <laughs> because <laughs> we are a messed up planet and uh, a perfect God visited us and, and, you know, you know the story. And it's an incredible story. And I'm just a continuation. You're a continuation of that story. And that's, that's absolutely mind-boggling that he would do that. And so, yeah, Deborah and I, we moved to... Um, to Hungary, so the book tells a lot more of the details, but we moved to Hungary uh, back in 2007, and uh, you know, we went to a Bible college there. From there, we went to Kyrgyzstan, Bishkek, Kyrgyzstan, where, again, the Gorleaves were at, at the time, so church planters kind of move around, as you uh, would, would imagine, and so at the time, the Gorleaves were there, the Billings were there, and uh, my other sister and her family, um, and so we were all there as a team ministering in, in uh, Bishkek, Kyrgyzstan, which is on the border of China, Russia, well, not Russia, but uh, Kazakhstan to the north and stuff. 
Um, but anyway, from there, after three years, we felt like the Lord was, was moving us on to northern Siberia to reach out to some of the tribes there, the Khanti and the Ninyets, and I've shared about them uh, before. But then the war broke out here in 2022 between Russia, well, Russia invaded Ukraine, and uh, we found our place, ourselves in a place of uh, question like, what should we do? And uh, after advising with some people, uh, kind of cut it short a little bit, we ended up flying out, um, I think it was March 4th, 2022, and at the time we didn't know if we were coming back, so we packed, my wife was amazing, we packed all of our lives up into three suitcases and a few carry-ons, and uh, we left our home that we had built there in Yamal and, and thought maybe we'll come back, maybe we don't know, and uh, we ended up first in, in uh, we flew through Dubai to Hungary, we ended up in Hungary, and then, and then after a couple months there, we ended up in Poland working with humanitarian aid to Ukraine, and we were doing a lot of, uh, I was running a, wa- a warehouse, it, I, you know, again, jobs you get, I learned to drive a forklift while I was there, because you had to do that, and <laughs> load semis and stuff like that, and, and I was calling companies and ordering, you know, semis to be able to come pick up the stuff and take it into Ukraine, and I was driving uh, vans, you find yourself in the most strange situations, and I've shared of how, like, I was in Siberia one time, found myself on a sled, you know, the, the snowmobile detached, and I was on the sled, and the guys drive off, and I'm sitting there on this sled, you know, negative 40 degree weather, sitting there thinking, how did I get here, <laughs> you know, well, it was another, another one of those when I was at the border in Ukraine, and uh, I'm sitting there translating for the Ukrainian, the Ukrainian military and the U.S. military, and I'm, I'm translating, and I'm sitting there thinking, this is unreal. How did I end up in this situation? You know, and, and there's all these political things happening in this, in this conversation, and I'm sitting here translating. I'm like, what is going on? <laughs> and then, you know, talking to people at the border and just seeing everything that God was doing, the church is just all over Ukraine united in this first period of time to just try and get as much aid to people in need. We were delivering things like insulin and medication and food and clothes and just bizarre stories. I was standing at the border one time. A guy comes up to me and he's like, what do I do now? And I'm like, um, well, we stand in line and wait, you know, until we cross the border is what I was thinking. And I was like, well, what do you mean? What do you do now? And he's like, well, I'm an architectural engineer. Uh, I just left my home. It's been bombed. There's nothing to go back to what do I do now? <clears throat> and I'm just a stranger that he came up to in the middle of the border and asked this question to. And I, I was like, the only thing that could come to mind was like, do you believe in God? And he stopped for a second. I do now. And I was like, okay, well, how did that happen? <laughs> and he said, well, he's like, I was where I lived. There was this uh, Baptist pastor. And he would always tell me about the fact that there was going to come an end and I never believed him. I called him, he, he said, I called him the little pope. Uh, and he said, I always made fun of him. I do work at his church, you know, for his building and stuff. And, but uh, I realized that everything he told me is coming true. And he said, so yeah, I believe in God now. And so him and I had a long, his name was Anatoly. Him and I had a long conversation there at the border. But you just realize that God has been working all this time, you know those people you've shared with all your life and they, they laugh at you and stuff? Well, he was one of those guys who then had to go through this, this time of trial and, and difficulty and lose everything and come to his knees to realize that, that God's real. 
and he described going driving through a minefield and you know like things like that that you just wouldn't have to ever imagine going through but that's what brought him back to god or brought him to god <laughs> and so amazing stories like that happening all the time and god's constantly doing things that we can't see behind the curtains and working in people's lives in ways we couldn't imagine and we just end up at a border crossing or wherever we are and we're we're that vessel that God's using to just speak to that person at that time and so just you know I'm sure you've experienced that in your life just how God just uses you and maybe you don't see it (laughs) even watching a wonderful life uh you know you think of that whole that whole story right you know it's like what would life what it would have been like without him ever living. Uh, well, what it would be like without you living. Maybe you don't see that, but God's using you in some miraculous ways to touch other people's lives. We don't realize how much God has been affecting others through us. And so um, after being in, in Poland for a while and doing humanitarian aid there, we realized these other big giant organizations came in. They took over, which was a blessing. Um, and they were able to do much more than what we were doing. So we, we were kind of like the initial quick response the church was. Uh, we were actually also, it was amazing, because the places that Russia had occupied, we had friends in Russia who were able to deliver medications and food to them from the other side to Ukrainians. So, I mean, just think of that. That's already mind-boggling. So Jesus' hands and feet are reaching from both sides, and he's just, he's, you know, working in every area. And uh, he still is. And even though it's been challenging, we just, I was looking through some of the stuff you guys had, just um, of p- old pictures of Ukraine. And I just saw one of a, of a, Deborah and I saw one of a married couple. They were getting married. And just recently, a couple weeks ago, this guy, uh, he was killed in, in the war. And just seeing those pictures is like, wow. It just comes, you know, it just makes it more real and personal the whole situation. And um, yeah, and for my kids too, they grew up in, in Russia, you know, for them, then we come to Ukraine and we're meeting my family members who are serving in Ukraine and our, the cousins are getting together and they're talking and it's like, wait, you're from Russia, we're from Ukraine. And that, that whole issue is happening too, you know, but they're, and they're, their eyes are being, you know, adjusted to what's happening and trying to figure things out and, and it's, yeah, it's a difficult situation. It's, it's challenging. And then we moved to, um, by invitation of the Gorleys, we moved to, to Tbilisi, Georgia, not to conf- be confused with the state of Georgia. It's the Republic of Georgia. It's the place where, actually, many of you would know uh, Stalin, and he actually was born in the Republic of Georgia. <laughs> um, and this country, this small little country, is kind of in, in the crossroads of Russia and, and all these other countries down in the south. Armenia, Azerbaijan, a lot of the Muslim countries, Iran, Iraq, um, Turkey. And so you, you think of this little, this little country, and God is using it in some miraculous ways now. We've, we've discovered. So we moved there, and Jed and Renee had been there for already, I think, uh, eight years. And uh, they had planted a church about five years ago. Um, and it was a small little group that was meeting together, and God was doing some great things there. A lot of the Ukrainians came and helped minister there. The churches that were planted there in Ukraine started ministering there. They were ministering in Kyrgyzstan. The church in Kyrgyzstan was already also independent, and the locals are running it. Um, and so also people from Kyrgyzstan came there and helped minister there. So it's kind of neat just to see how all that was happening already. 
Um, and they had about 40 people in the church, and then the war broke out, and all of a sudden they're flooded with people coming from all over into Georgia. So Georgia, what's unique about it is that you don't need a visa to go there for many of the countries, um, including Americans. You can go there for a year without a visa, cross the border, come back in, get another year. So uh, one of those few countries, if you've ever traveled, you'll understand, like, you don't have to get a visa. Yay! <laughs> so a lot of people were flooding into Georgia, and the church grew quickly to, like, I don't know, right away probably about 120, 150 uh, and then since we've been there, it's like 200 people um, just all of a sudden are gathering together. And all these people are like nomads. They just, they have no home place. They're, they're in this place kind of similar to us, where you left home with your bags, not knowing if you'll ever return. And so that's also unique in how God brought Deborah and I to that place. Because then all of a sudden we're in a place where we can minister to these people who are going through the same thing. And we can just understand and relate. And it, we created this, this group called Nomads <laughs> uh, because of that. And our theme verse is actually Philippians 3.20. And uh, I'll just read it to you real quick. Uh, we actually voted on, on the best verse for our group, and this is the one that the youth picked. And um, the verse says, For our citizenship is in heaven, from which we also eagerly wait for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ emphasis on eagerly, right? Because when you are going through trials and when you're going through difficulties, and we just, I just had a conversation about this this morning, um, that, and you see what's happening in the world and your, your eyes are kind of open to see, man, there's a lot of pain, there's a lot of sorrow, there's a lot of difficulty, and man is just making it worse. <laughs> we are not as smart as we think we are. And we can't solve problems, we just create more problems. And, you know, and then you have this war and then people have to leave home and you, you have the, you're sitting in this this mess that we've created and you're sitting there as also feeling the 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 results of this mess and you just start to think man you eagerly wait you eagerly wait for heaven <laughs> for Jesus to come and establish his kingdom you know, in a way that there is no more pain, no more sorrow. Yes, we, we experience that to a small degree in the church. We are part of this kingdom. But at the same time, we want that for all nations. We want that everywhere. And so just reminding people of that hope and being able to be there and minister to them and speak that into their lives has been huge. I could tell you story after story. We've, like, 15 baptisms, including my own daughter, Abigail, got baptized in, in uh, Tbilisi. I wanted it to be her own decision, so I was, you know, and it was amazing. She was reading through Joel, of all places in the Bible, <laughs> where God spoke to her. And uh, so God's been doing some amazing things, not just in our family, but in, in the peoples. I think there was like 20-some nationalities in church one Sunday. And you're just like, our, our service is translated from English to Georgian, and then we have headsets for uh, Russian-speaking uh, people, and we were having Ukrainians, Belarusians, uh, Russians, um, Iranians, people from all over, Azerbaijan, Armenia, all coming into this church community. And what's also cool is that all these missionaries who had to leave Russia and other places, they came, and they also, and they're bringing people who are also from these different places, and before they couldn't speak openly with them, and now here they are, and these people come to visit them, 
and now they're able to just share with them openly in this country about Jesus and about you know this whole time what they've been trying to do in that country in a way so that it wouldn't be dangerous for the people. And it's just incredible to see all the stories. Just now I got a message from a friend, two Chinese people just now received the Lord not too long ago. They were staying with them in their house, passing through. Uh, before that, another Chinese guy received the Lord, and they baptized him right before he went back to China. And then like we've baptizing, like I said, 15 people from different countries, Belarus, uh, and they've since traveled back to their countries or, or to other places to work. And like I said, it's just crazy. I don't know what it is exactly God's doing, but I know it's something great because these people are coming through and, and everybody describes something that man can't create. It's God's church, right? And we know that. And so when he's doing something, it's very unique. And you have all these plans, and you, you, know, you think you got it all figured out, but then he changes it all and does it he, the way he wants to do it, which is awesome. Uh, but I have never been a part of a group like this before. I've never been in this type of situation where there's so many people in, trans, in transition, but they don't want to leave this place, even though it's difficult to work, difficult to find uh, a place to live there. And they're, the only reason they're moving on is because they have to make a living for their family. But because Georgia is a poor country, uh, I, I won't go into the details, but the only thing they say before they leave is like, I don't want to leave. But the only reason I don't want to leave is because of the church and what God's doing here. And we feel it. It's, there's a love that is so intense, and you just feel a closeness. And that's actually what's changing people's lives. And it, it, that's what you know, Jesus said, is they're going to know you by your love for one another and for me. And so all of a sudden, people are seeing this. One of the guys, he was sharing before he was baptized, and he said, the one thing that I've never seen before out of all the churches I've visited is a love like this, and that's what changed me. That's what made me decide to follow Jesus. And I tell you what, it's just incredible to experience. And so, again, you guys get to be a part of that, what, what's going on in Georgia. And I just wanted to share briefly about that so that you can be praying further, but also just know that God's doing something incredible right now. And uh, we have a, a bunch of friends who have even moved here. And so we're connecting them to, to churches here and trying to get them uh, to places where then they can fellowship with believers here. And hopefully that will continue in these places. Uh, as you meet new people coming through, I don't know if many of them will make it to Madison. Uh, they're placed in different places in the, in, in the U.S. Uh, or Canada or other places. And so, uh, but it's neat. It's just neat to see what God is doing and to experience it again. Um, you can be praying, though, for the church there. Our biggest challenge right now is that we don't have a permanent place to meet. Um, in fact, our, you know, we know we're going to be meeting in this place now for the next three Sundays, and then we don't know after that. So be praying for a place. Um, Jed has been scouring the city, trying to find places, and it's challenging because there's a bunch of, of things I, I won't get into, but we just need a place to be able to gather and uh, even last Sunday, Jed sent everybody out to different churches. He's like, hey, go visit other churches and, and find out, you know, meet your brothers and sisters in different places. And so everybody's, this is the, that was the second time that happened. And so people are going around visiting other churches, and uh, it's neat. It's neat because, you know, there is a unity also that's created. And so probably even that, God's using that, you know, to unite the church uh, there in Georgia. We have good relationships with the other churches there. And uh, like I said, yeah, God has this plan, but at the same time, we just, we're just begging, please give us a place that we can continue to minister. Uh, we have a Bible college there in Georgia. 
Um, and uh, we had eight students this last semester. Amazing group. God's doing some great things through those guys too. They get to experience firsthand ministry uh, to a different culture and a different place, learn a new language, uh, go out and, and reach out to the different towns and villages, speak to Muslims, uh, a lot of Muslims in the country because they're, they're coming there either for vacation or, or getting away from their countries where there's oppression. Um, so I, I can't even begin to really scratch the surface of everything that's happening. It's just so much, so much. So be praying also for um, yeah, God to continue to just guide us through that process of, okay, where do we focus and, and what do we do? Um, but it's been good. Uh, God's good. And we, uh, Deborah and I, we'll head back uh, mid-January. Uh, and uh, we're looking forward to being back, staying in touch with everybody there. Um, but we're, yeah, I think we're excited to see um, for ourselves how long this will last, we don't know. <laughs> you, you always think, we'll be here another five years, but God knows. So we, we plan to be there longer, but God knows. So um, be praying for Georgia. Be praying for the place there. Ukraine, continue to pray for everything happening there. It's, it's challenging, I know, um, losing people that are close to you. And my brothers are there, and you know, my brother was able to go to that funeral of, of Tolik, the guy who passed away. But it's just hard to, to guide the family through that process, too, you know, of losing. They had five kids, um, and, yeah, I, I can't imagine what it's going to be like for them in growing up without a father. And so hopefully the church can just really just love on them and, and show them that they're there for them. So be praying for Ukraine. And, and, you know, I know Russia is the aggressor here, but there are people there who don't like the war, and they don't want... Uh, what's happening, and uh, many of them are even deceived and and watch the news and believe what's on the news, and, you know, pray for your enemies. <laughs> pray for those who persecute you, and so praying for them that, that also God would open many of their eyes and, and bring them to himself as well. So, yeah, I think that's, hopefully, I, I've given you a good, good understanding of what's happening, and um, if the kids want to they can uh but we're we're gonna pray now so if you've been here before you know my spiel on th at this point um and that is uh honestly it's a deep conviction of mine that uh, we should all be givers and we should all be uh sharing uh what the lord has uh, blessed us with uh whether it be financial or or relational or otherwise and um and so just candidly from a standpoint of, of your financial resources, uh, you don't owe this church anything. You owe God everything. And so, um, or we have the privilege of giving God everything, right? And, um, and so between you and the Lord, if that means that uh, you talk it over with the Lord and the Lord wants you to uh, do all your giving to these guys or to somebody else or to whatever the Lord would have you, uh, that's between you and the Lord. That's not between you and this church and the Lord, right? And it's not that you do this church and then these guys. You do whatever the Lord leads you to do, okay? But I would say this. Imagine, I mean, I'm just, in my mind, I'm, I'm I like to know kind of where I'm going to make my next footstep, right? And I like to, I kind of like to know that I'm going to get up tomorrow morning and I'm going to, I got a routine in my head what's going to happen tomorrow morning, right? 
it's probably going to involve a coffee shop and, and, you know, all the things that I, that make me feel secure, right? But imagine leaving a home, a vehicle, and putting what you can in some suitcases and not knowing what that means, right? So, you know, uh, to me that probably involves uh, some need for provision. And so as the Lord would lead you, and that's not a trip for anybody, please, uh, but it's just, it's just where we're at. And so, um, so if the Lord would lead you to uh, bless these guys in that way, so be it. Dave, if you want to be, um, this is the other thing I always, uh, David's a pretty low, uh, what's the word? Low pressure, low key. He's pretty low everything except his height. <laughs> <coughs> but, um, uh, so he doesn't have a lot. I said, you got, you got stuff, you want a back table? No. <laughs> you want like a sign up? He said, if people want to be on our email list. Uh, just have them come and talk to me. I'll put them in, I'll enter them into my phone. Okay. It's so, a nice way of saying I'm not very organized. <laughs> That's why I've heard, but <laughs> so if you, if you want to be on their email list and, and kind of keep in touch with them and if you're not, uh, just get with David and, and he'll put you into his phone. Yeah. So yeah. fair enough. Fair enough. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Lord, we do thank you for these guys. Lord, we thank you for all that you're doing in their lives. We thank you that you are their source. We thank you that we get the privilege of coming alongside them and fellowshipping with them and just hearing of what you're doing around the world. And Lord, we, we share in the excitement of what you're doing around the world. And so Lord, we pray for these guys. We pray that you protect them. We pray that you provide for them. We pray that you'd encourage them. And uh, Lord, just, we ask, Lord, in those ways so many times through life, you bless us above and beyond all we can ask or think. You bless us in ways we don't even know what to ask for. And so, Lord, we, we ask now that for, for these guys. And we pray that you bless this family as only you can do. In Jesus' name, amen.